Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Have you noticed the discourse around American politics has been kind of angry lately? <laughs> no, no, no. You, you wouldn't have noticed that at all, right? That's not happening on TV. That's not happening on podcasts. That's not happening on radio. That's not happening on social media, right? Today is episode 86 on jimmystable.com, and I'm going to talk about how we need to stop listening to all the angry talking heads. But first, I want to play this clip from about 15 years ago. Bill O'Reilly, Geraldo Rivera on Fox News and the O'Reilly Factor, for when that used to be a thing. They're passionately, angrily yelling at one another over a debate regarding immigration and drunk driving and immigration reform. Just be a warning, it gets really, really intense, really loud, and there's some profanity mixed in that I did not take out just because I want you to experience this vitriolic exchange, which has become so common in the nightly news um, and on cable news. And I just, I just, I just want to share it because it's kind of heartbreaking to hear, to know this is so common. A Jewish drunk. This guy didn't Polish have to drunk. be here. It could be an Irish drunk. No. It could be an Italian drunk. American what the crime, hell difference does it, it make? It makes plenty of difference. It does not. He Bill, doesn't please. have a right to he be here. He didn't commit a felony. He, he doesn't, doesn't have, have a right to be in this country. What? But that has nothing to do with the yes, fact that he does. was a drunk. He should have been he was deported. Drunk. What if, he, he should have been deported. He, and this mayor and a police chief didn't deport him. Listen. Do you know how many people we have in jail? How many of them are illegal aliens? Illegal aliens commit crimes at a lower rate than citizens do. This guy shouldn't have been here. Cool your jets. It has nothing to do with illegal aliens. It has to do with drunk driving. It does Don't obscure he a tragedy to make a cheap political if point. I'm the father. It is a cheap political no, point. No, it isn't. And you know This it. is justice. This has nothing to do with that poor old mayor. You it has want, nothing to do no. with that mayor. You want anarchy. No. What you I want, want open border anarchy. What, I, what, what want. I want is fairness. We have lured fairness these this is the we law. have lured these people oh, to this yeah. country with a promise of jobs this. in a country where there is basically full domestic employment. So if you want to be successful in social and news commentary land, if you want to make it big on Fox News or CNN or have a, a top-ranking conservative podcast or a radio show, you will have to largely give up any notion or any idea whatsoever that you can be a kind indecent human being. It's just not part of the shtick. Uh, people don't respond very well and tune in to listen to kind, reasonable people have discussions. I mean, there's things like NPR maybe where people listen to that, but NPR is not exactly leading uh, the, the conversation for a lot of people, and a lot of people aren't tuning in by the tens of millions every day to listen to their favorite commentator uh, give out the the latest uh, take on the political happenings of the world. In fact, if you want to be successful in this industry, you're going to have to always be at least a tad bit angry at someone, somewhere, for something stupid that they've said or done. And this is true whether or not you are a personality on the left or a personality on the right or somewhere in between. This is true whether you are on TV, radio, podcast, or Twitter. And while you need to still be insightful from time to time, because people do want to hear 
you know, something that at least sounds good amidst all the angry screaming and hollering and hooping and, and getting excited. Peddling anger and discord and strife is the key. And the more you beat up on others, the higher you'll potentially climb in your career in this industry. And the reason for this is simple. Most people don't want to consume actual information and knowledge. <laughs> there, I said it. Most people don't want to consume actual information and knowledge. If they did, they would probably read a book. They don't want to consider reasonable differing perspectives differing from their own as they attempt to understand the world that they live in. They just want to watch the Jerry Springer show. And what is the only reason people watch the Jerry Springer show at the end of the day, you might ask? Simple. To see a brawl and to feel a little bit better about ourselves. Am I right? And that's why over the years, people have listened in droves to Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, Ben Shapiro... Matt Walsh, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Chris Matthews, Keith Oberman, Rachel Maddow, and even, dare I say it, the ladies at The View. That's not to say these folks don't have an occasional good insight worth considering. They do need to get up into your head with something they say, either a pithy little saying or slogan or something that just really sticks to you and makes you think. But you know, even Jerry Springer ended his show with a short little homily peppered with sage-like rabbinical sayings. <laughs> but it was still the Springer show at the end of the day. Am I right? Unfortunately, it's almost impossible to totally ignore these, as, as, a, as a former boss that I used to have uh, said, chowda heads, if I can use a little something from the Bostonian area. These folks are persuasive and everywhere. You can't turn on the radio, you can't turn on the TV, you can't turn on a podcast without running into one of these jackals. And their perspectives ultimately represent, as well as shape, the average discussion happening in the street. They give us a sense of what's happening in the world as the history of the world unfolds in the news. It's their job to give you their interpretation of the first page of the new history as it comes out, as it's hot off the press. And in turn, the riveting social and political commentary and debates that these individuals have, these talking heads have, I think they end up distorting our humanity. They can't merely talk about the issues of the day as they seek to explore the significance of everything as it happens. Instead, they must call one another penheads while doing it. And while facts may not have feelings... People certainly do. And that's not to say there's not a time and a place for making it clear that other individuals and humanity are troublesome characters worthy of much scorn. Even Jesus denounced some of his opponents in very pointed, precise ways and gave them a good public lashing from time to time. But such was rare. And not the regular diet of things that he fed his followers. Jesus didn't major in snarky, hot takes on the Twitterverse. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. 
By it, men are made alive and lifted out of their graves. And by it, worlds are reduced to rubble. So we must take caution in not only what we say and how we say it, but in what we consume and what we regularly find ourselves listening to. And frankly, if I can, if I can say it, and what we regularly listen to is downright abusive at the end of the day. It's emotional, psychological, and spiritual abuse. These talking heads play on our emotions. They play on our fears. They play on the things that get inside of our hearts. And they make us terrified. They make us terrified not to listen to what Rush Limbaugh has to say about what the Democrats are doing to take over America with their socialist plans. (laughs) And as a result, our society has normalized this verbal abuse, these angry tirades, and has made normal talking over one another in a heated exchange the way we simply communicate. As a result, we are always talking at one another instead of with one another. And it's no wonder, then, that I think President Donald Trump has been so popular in recent years. Whether you like his politics or not, let's just admit it. His abrasive manner of speaking has become so typical and reflective in the way that we talk to one another. So much so that even many deeply religious people don't even bat an eye at his manner of speaking. Indeed, many often even defend it. As Trump was just simply, at the end of the day, mirroring what they themselves had long been listening to on radio and television. They thought it was perfectly normal and acceptable to have their leaders, their religious, philosophical thought leaders, their leaders in the community, to speak to one another. Like Trump speaks to people. And why not? And why not? Their thought leaders on TV, radio, and social media regularly talk like that at the end of the day. Being angry and poking at one another in the eye as you discuss the current happenings is all people ever see. And if that's all you ever see, it's not long before people everywhere start mimicking such behavior and treating each other like trash. Don't get me wrong. People occasionally do need a good poke in the eye. And we need it from time to time. But what we need is people engaging in conversation in which people exchange conflicting ideas as they hash out difficult topics and events. Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron, so does one man another. And what happens when iron sharpens iron? Sparks occasionally fly. It's a loud and abrasive process. Loud noise is inevitable. But when iron sharpens iron, the, par- the, the process that it is undergoing is ultimately constructive and not destructive. I don't think we're doing that, though. Are we having constructive dialogue? Are we having constructive conversations? Are we? I don't think so. Our current level of engagement isn't usually iron sharpening iron. It's the exchanging of Molotov cocktails. (laughs) It's like watching an hour of Jerry Springer 
It's killing our souls, yet making us feel good about ourselves just the same. And as a result, we think nothing of openly slandering in others and spreading gossip and lies and malicious rumors. No wonder people are caught up in this QAnon conspiracy theory stuff and suffer from these issues. And with a sketchy string of evidence that can't be validated, but, you know, they got a hunch that it's true. Even though these theories are frequently debunked, people still insist on sharing the most grotesque ideas about other human beings imaginable. Recently, recently I lost a a longtime friend, a friend of over 10 years, because of this stuff. One of my friends was incessantly sharing a lot of these conspiracy theories. And I called them out on it. Saying that if they have such strong evidence that individuals like Joe Biden and a bunch of other celebrities are part of some sort of pedophile sex ring. And they should share that evidence with the police and other legal authorities so that it can be handled in the proper way. And if they don't actually have such evidence, then they shouldn't accuse others of such heinous crimes. After all, you wouldn't want someone to do the same regarding you, right? You wouldn't want somebody to say, you know, I think so-and-so is a little suspicious. Did you see the way he got really close to, to that girl over there? I mean, he must be a pedophile. Could you imagine if somebody was saying that about you? Could you imagine if you woke up and got on Facebook or, or tuned in on the radio and you heard somebody falsely discussing the idea that you might be part of a pedophile sex ring? Hmm. I don't think you'd respond to that very well. Yet, when it comes to making these accusations against powerful individuals, individuals that that we don't know and have never met and, and we actually don't have any real evidence for that we've not really done real investigating for, although we think we have because we saw something on the internet on Facebook this one time, but we didn't dare look up any contrary evidence that would debunk our thought about uh, a political leader that we disagree with. <laughs> no, did we? And I lost a friend over this. I called them out on it. And they were just like, well, how dare you question me? How dare you judge me? How dare you, you know, say that I should do this? And I basically put them in the position where they needed to put up or shut up. And they wouldn't shut up. So I decided that, you know, even after 10 years of being friends, after going to their wedding and working with them and... Uh, hanging out with them over the years, you know, I decided, you know, I, I simply cannot be a friend with such an individual. I cannot be a friend with somebody who's going to sit there and just openly slander and malign and dirty the names of, you know, I'm not going to say necessarily good people. (laughs) They are politicians after all, but I just, I don't have time for that. I don't speak about that way towards others, and I expect those around me to not do the same. And if you're going to speak that way, I'm going to call you out on it. Because it's it's hurtful, it's not constructive, it's demonic. And it has nothing to do with the kingdom of God, 
And it's an embarrassment to everything that Jesus has taught me in my life to live for. And I believe it's opposite of what Jesus has taught all of us to live for. We're not supposed to make false accusations against one another. We're not supposed to peddle in conspiracy theories merely for entertainment or jolly and to sit there and to slander the names of men and women just simply because it's this sport that we get off on. Because we know just how evil they are. And when we demonize other people and talk about this way about other people, then is it no wonder that we just go down this rabbit hole of perpetually beating up on person after person? Is it no wonder our society is experiencing the tensions that it currently does with people being suspicious of one another, of people openly slandering one another, of people being so divided and polarized as we are now as a nation? And unfortunately, you know, this this exchange that my friend and I had, can't be friends with them anymore. Because such behavior is helping create a culture and a world in which such behavior is becoming normalized. And all because a bunch of angry talking heads have made us think that this sort of behavior is acceptable and should be encouraged. And social media as great of a tool as social media can be, social media has empowered us even more than ever to engage in such ridiculous conversations and to constantly feed on this crap. Things ought not to be this way, folks. Things ought not to be this way. Whatever happened to treating others as you would want to be treated? Whatever happened about the pursuit and love of truth and not being willing to bear false witness against your neighbor? You know, one of those basic Ten Commandments, right? Yet, because we demonize other individuals, yet because we enter into these little tribes, these little personality cults, these little political cults. We think all's fair. All's fair in love and war, as they say. And so we happily, happily sit there and malign people. People who were ultimately created in the image of God. All so we can score some sort of perceived political points for our side. For our cause. For our righteous stand. Such is of the devil. And maybe you aren't a Christian. Maybe you don't believe in the devil. <laughs> maybe you don't believe in demonic stuff. But I don't know. The more I see this sort of stuff. The more I so see this sort of stuff. I can't help but think. There's something demonic underlying it all. The devil wants us to sit here and attack one another and to, to be entertained off of attacking one another. Because if he can just heat things up hot enough, if we can just demonize our opponents enough, 
then it's not too hard to go to the next step. I remember watching the Ken Burns documentary on the Vietnam War. And there was this one soldier who recalled his year-long or so tour in Vietnam. And he said, you know, I was in Vietnam for one year. And I only ever killed one person, and that was the first day I was there. And he said, people ask him, how is it that you only killed one person the, the, the entire year you were in Vietnam? How did you only manage to do that on the first day? And he's like, well, it's simple. Because after I killed the first person on the first day, I stopped looking at everybody else as being human. They weren't human. They were below human. They were animals. They were beasts. They were devils. And so even though his body count ended up being much higher than that first person that he killed that one day, in his mind, in his conscience, in his soul, he refused to look at the people that he pumped hot lead in and dropped napalm on as being human. Because that was the only way he could live with himself at the end of the day. As if he treated other image bearers, as other people creating the image of God, as less than what they had been actually created and made to be. And I think that's where we are at. We're at a fracturing point right now in our society. And, you know, new political leadership talks about healing. (laughs) I remain skeptical of that. I remain skeptical as much as I would like to see healing, as much as I would like to see reconciliation, as much as I would like to see men live at peace with one another. I remain skeptical because I know that's not the way the winds are blowing. We're not interested in healing as much as we are retribution and scoring si- and scoring points for our side and our cause and quote-unquote righting wrongs. <laughs> but we don't just right wrongs. We, we, we have to inflict wrong on other people in order to feel satisfied that justice was done. Instead of walking in the ways of the love and forgiveness that Jesus Christ taught us to embrace. To we love our neighbors as ourselves. But we kind of look at that teaching from Jesus as kind of optional these days, don't we? Even in the church, you know, we, we manage to justify saying all sorts of terrible things about people and to set aside the basic teachings of Jesus. And as a result, it's become very common. It's become very common in the church for for Christians who are supposed to love the truth and to love God and to love man to sit here and to simply revile and slander and spread gossip and to engage in endless conspiracy theories on weak and sketchy evidence without truly looking at both sides of the story, without truly investigating original claims with original sources and looking into context and actual hard documentation. Instead, we see a meme on the internet and we're like, oh, that meme, that meme kind of proves what I intuit in my heart and what I like to hear. So we share it. 
because it tickles our ears. It tickles our fancy at the end of the day. And it makes us feel good about ourselves. There's no place in the Christian life for the sharing of gossip, for the sharing of memes that are hurtful, for the sharing of conspiracy theories. And you may be excited, some of you. I know I've seen it kicked up recently on social media. A lot of people talking about going over to Parler and, you know, where they can get their freedom of speech and, you know, not be censored by Big Brother. (laughs) You're just going over there so you can engage in the the juicy gossip. the, The murder that you so enjoy in your heart. And yes, I say murder. Because that's what Jesus ultimately taught, right? Sermon on the Mount. He said anybody who's angry enough with his brother to call him fool is worthy of hell. And to simply be angry with your brother without cause is the equivalent of being a murderer, Jesus said. So don't act on those murderous impulses. Don't act on that that hatred you have, even against the hatred you have deep down inside for Hillary Clinton. And let me toss that out there. I, and I say this as a conservative who, who as a, a conservative individual who grew up in a house with, you know, videotapes about the Clinton Crime Foundation and about how Hillary and Bill Clinton were, you know, friends with all these people who just happened to mysteriously die tragic deaths. You know, maybe there was something to that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that there's not a hint of truth, maybe, even in these um, sort of things. I mean, right? There might be. But be that as it may, unless I have hard evidence to conclude decisively that somebody did one of these crimes, that we so flippantly accuse them of committing, unless I'm willing to take that evidence to local law enforcement or other legal authorities like the FBI, (laughs) you know, that I probably shouldn't share it because the chances are I'm probably only sharing these conspiracy theories so I can better slander other individuals and feel good about myself. And I almost wonder, I almost wonder how much, and I say this again as a conservative, I almost wonder how much the love that people had for Donald Trump as president of the United States wasn't necessarily a love for the man himself, although it has morphed into that. But I wonder how much of it was a love for him simply so we could better hate the liberal left and the Clinton Foundation and the and Bill and Hillary, right? Donald ta- tapped into that that hatred for Hillary Clinton, and it's what delivered him his first presidency. And it looks like, you know, he attempted to do similar with Joe Biden. And it looks like, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, when all the, the legal challenges are mounted and all the votes are tallied, it looks like, you know, Donald Trump is not going to be the president of the United States this, this coming uh, presidency, starting in 2021. Whatever your feelings about that, okay, whatever, you know, I didn't vote for Trump, I didn't vote for Biden, I actually wrote my name on the ballot, <laughs> um, but I can't 
help but wonder how much of what we engage in and how much of what we support is simply because deep down inside we hate somebody else. And we hate somebody else because we have normalized and made permissible this constant stoking of the anger and the things that we get from our media sources and our political commentators and everything that we consume on social media. So that's the way I see it, everybody. Everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey. This has been episode 86. Stop listening to the angry talking heads. I listen to them a little bit. Not going to lie. I listen to them a little bit just so I can understand the differing perspectives that go on in the world and, and to, to uh, get a sense of what other people believe about current happenings. Um, but I do so in small doses. Maybe about once or twice a week. I might listen in depth to one of these these talking heads just just to understand what people are thinking, what people are feeling, what people are seeing. And, you know, they do occasionally raise a good point. And I give them kudos to that. But I've realized it's all a poison that's rotting our souls. And we need to purge ourselves of these things in our lives. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You can find links to that at jimmystable.com. Let me know how you think this show went. Let me know your feedback. Let me know what you think of these talking heads. Are they doing good in the world? Or do you think they're maybe a bit poisonous? Do you think they're helping spread a cancer to our souls? If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, SoundCloud, and all the other places podcasts are found. You can subscribe by going to jimmystable.com slash subscribe and just choosing your favorite method of subscription. Um, Or you can fill out the newsletter, email, subscription link uh, at jimmystable.com and uh, you'll get a weekly update. This podcast is updated weekly. And if you've enjoyed this show, leave a review. Leave a review, thumbs up, whatever. Uh, make sure the, the review's five stars, as I say. I want your five-star reviews, not your three-star, not your one-star. Those don't do me any good. Those don't help other people find the show. <laughs> so everybody, again, Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, episode 86. Take care, everybody, and God bless, and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.